Well, good morning, everyone. Let's give a hand up for our band again. What a, what a great group, man. They are fantastic. So uh, how many of you can think of a time when you just didn't act like yourself? When you weren't so proud of, of your actions? Raise your hand if you can think of a time like that. Yeah, I'm not going to call it out. I'm not going to say, hey, Case, tell me about your most uh, worst time. But, you know, so, so many of you have a time that you would rather forget about in life, that you were not your best, that you uh, are not proud to, to say this is how you were acting. And uh, right now, I want to um, show a little video that might uh, ring true for some of you. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the dance like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what Dad always says. I never said that, honey. Shut up! Time to teach Peter a lesson. Marsha, eat a Snickers. Why? You get a little hostile when you're hungry. Better? Better. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan, this isn't about you. <laughs> it never is. There you go. There you go. So, so many of us, you know, there are times when we just don't do what we know we should be doing. We're going to read a little bit today uh, in the Bible. And if you have your, uh, your Bibles here from, uh, that you maybe got on Mondays, you can open it up to it. It's going to be from uh, John... Uh, chapter 18, starting at uh, verse 15. It's a little long, but, but we can do this here. So, Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. So, before we get going, I was thinking about reading it all, but I think at least at this part we'll stop for a second. So, uh, it said, so who was that other disciple? That other disciple was probably John. So this is John, John decided, but he didn't want to name himself. Um, and what he didn't say is his, his dad had a big fishing business, so he was kind of a big deal. Uh, and so he was known to the high priest. And how many of you know somebody that's kind of like a big deal? You go with them and everybody notices who you are. You know, he's always that friend, or maybe you're that friend. You show up, and they're like, oh, okay, you're with them. So it'd be kind of like going to a party with, with President Krieger. You walk in there, and they're like, oh, you're with the president. So you can just kind of stroll on in. So that's how it worked for Peter on this one. But Peter stood outside at the door, so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of the man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. So we, we think about this right here. Peter's, uh, we're going to talk about Peter denying Christ three times. And so um, we talked about there already. He, he got in there because he knew John. And, uh, and then it comes in here that uh, they were uh, the high priest and questioned Jesus about his disciples. So they were going to put Jesus on trial. So one thing to realize about this is that you, you, you don't typically do that. How many of you go to, uh, a, a, how many of you ever gone to court? Yeah, look around. If it, maybe those aren't the people you want to date. I don't know. But, um, so, but anyways, if, if you've ever gone to court, typically they don't, they don't have trials at night. They're like, well, we're starting this one about 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, it's not the way. Just like IRS scams, if you get a call at night, you know, really late, they don't work on Sundays, and they also don't call you. So don't pay attention to that. So what they were doing was illegal with Jesus. This was not how you do it, and uh, most of the people knew it. 
kind of the, we call it the smell check. If it smells bad, it probably is bad and things. And so I'm sure a lot of the people knew it. And, and the folks that were putting Jesus on trial, they knew this wasn't the way it was supposed to go. Uh, Jesus answered them, I have spoke openly to the world. I have only taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They, they know what is said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas to the high priest. So when we think about this right here with Jesus. Uh, Jesus was simply just saying a few different things. He challenged a high priest because he said, I've done this openly. I've came out and I've said things. You saw me every day and now you're, you're, you're challenging me on this. His message was the same private and publicly. So maybe you've known people in life that uh, what they tell you one thing is very different than what they say to someone else. Uh, I don't know if you've ever met anybody like that. But if you do, it's kind of hard to have that trust to know, to know what they're saying. And then also Jesus challenges their process and simply asks for the truth. So many of you, uh, how many of you in here are in core? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, core, woo! All right, questions and ideas. So this is a lot of fun stuff. I just got talking, done talking to the freshmen about it. And one of the things that uh, you all will be challenged about is what is truth? And there's going to be a lot of people a lot smarter than me who are going to be teaching about this over the next couple of years. And you're going to be asking, you're going to wrestle with these things. And, and so that's what Jesus is doing. He's simply asking for the truth. He's challenging. He's challenging what they're, what they're doing. And then we look here. The next part. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servant girls of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it and went and a rooster crowed at once. So we talk about Peter's second and third denials there. A couple of sounds. How many of you uh, grew up on a farm? Raise your hand. You can be proud of that. How many of you had roosters or chickens? Anybody? Really? This many people had uh, roosters and chickens. So, Amanda, you did? And uh, wow. So did you? Uh, do you know what a, is, it, is it loud? A rooster? You just had chickens. So you didn't have a rooster, huh? Yeah. If you live in town, you're probably not going to have a rooster. So many of you probably didn't grow up that way. But if you did, and you had to, heard the sound of a rooster, it's very distinct. So I grew up. Um, out in the middle of Kansas, and uh, many people I know love Kansas. It, it's, it's a destination place for many vacations. But um, so, so I, I grew up there on a farm way out in the middle of uh, nowhere. And so we had chickens and we had roosters. And, and I, you know, by the grace of God, my room was right next to the chicken house, kind of. And so I got to hear all of this. And, and so you hear it, and it wakes you up. You're not sleeping through this. There's a reason why. They are, roosters have a job, and they are good at their job. They do a good job of this. So... Um, when, when Peter heard this, he knew, he knew it had gone badly for him. And then, also, you talk about Peter wanting to get away or being a, you know, not going so well for him. He was at the fire, and you know, Peter was one of those guys that he was kind of like a gunslinger. He was kind of just like a guy that, you know, he, he was just kind of, he would be great on a reality show, man. I mean, this guy, he would just, you know, walk on water, he would do all this kind of stuff. So when Peter, people came to get Jesus, what did Peter do? He got at a sword and cut off somebody's ear. I mean, that's kind of wild. I mean, I don't know how many of you are just carrying a sword around and you just cut off somebody's ear. Hopefully nobody. We, you can't do that here. That, so don't, no, I don't want you walking into class with a sword. So uh, that would be wrong. Um, but 
one of the relatives, Malchus, was there. A relative of Malchus, the man whose ear Peter had impulsively cut off. So I'm sure he was sitting there going, all right, that was kind of bad luck. I'm sitting here hanging out. All of a sudden, one of the relatives were there. And then, um, also, it was late at night. So I just asked in my class a while ago, but I'll ask all of you because I see a few of you yawning, and I know it came because of my inspirational message right now. But um, how many of you stayed up at least till midnight last night? Yeah, yeah. So, so that was, okay, how many, how many were up till 1 a.m.? Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, we're looking around. How many were up till 2 a.m.? All right. How many are up till 3 a.m.? How many haven't gone to sleep and they just strolled right in here to chapel? We, okay, we got, we got a couple back there and stuff. So, so I was up till about midnight last night, but that, because my, my wonderful son Cole likes to talk late at night and eat and talk and poop and everything else, so that's okay. Um, so, so many of you were up late last night. It makes it kind of hard to function the next day. Uh, you know, I know even though you, you're in college and you, you believe you're invincible, it's important to get your sleep and things like that. So two, three in the morning. Now, no, I'm going to just tell you right now, nothing good happens after midnight. So write that down. Nothing good. That's that's right. That's why midnight. That's why midnight madness ends at midnight, right, Amy Haney? Midnight madness done at midnight. So, so what was going on with Peter? He was afraid and exhausted because he was way up. Way he was up when roosters are crowing. He making noise. He hadn't gone to sleep, so he was tired. He was afraid. He was exhausted. Uh, he was ready to die for Jesus. He was he was that kind of guy, but he wasn't ready to just simply answer. You know, when, by, to a servant girl. So the devil does that in your life. You think you're ready for one thing and the devil attacks you on something else altogether. That's why we are, we are fallen people and God loves us and he, and he brings us back to him. But it's, we can't earn our salvation because the devil has that way of just attacking us when we, when we aren't ready for it. And so that was, that was Peter's problems right there. So what were some of his mistakes that any of us would have made? The snowball effect. Things just keep, kept getting worse. Have you ever had a time in your life when you did something and then you, keep, and you, you, you said a lie, you said something, and it just kept going worse and worse and worse? Anybody? All right, so we have, we've had a couple. You know, and, you know, some of the others, the rest of you are lying. Um, <laughs> Because I know I've done that in my, in my own life, you know, I, when I was at school or, or whatever, um, you know, said one thing and then he just, just kept going worse and worse. He kept talking when he should have been listening. He just kept going. His, and that was Peter. His mouth just kept going and going. Um, and he followed Jesus, but at a distance when he should have been more near his elbow. He should have been up there. And also something that, that he did that all of us do sometimes, he was at the wrong fire. He was warming himself and he was with the wrong people. And so some of my uh, job here at Concordia, as dean of students, is working with students that have gotten a little bit of trouble. So some of you in this room, I've noticed, uh, you know, your familiar faces for one reason or another. Um, but, uh, and also some of you suffer, you know, maybe you get in with the wrong crowd or you're going through some stressful situations and stuff. And, and so you start to realize you're, you're hanging out with the wrong people, the, the people that you, you shouldn't be with, that are not good influences, that are, are going to make you... Uh, go in the wrong direction. And Peter realized he was at the wrong, the wrong fire. And finally, he compounded the sin by first deceiving, then denying, and then finally just outright uh, swearing. And those, uh, the faculty members here that know, know uh, Greek really well can, can talk about that. But he, it just kept escalating. It just kind of started out with, you know, first he just kind of brushed it off, and by the end he was really fired up. 
So, so getting up again, this was Peter's low point. Um, you know, what, what, what got his attention? Well, the rooster's crow. And then look of Jesus, when Jesus looked at him. And the words of Jesus. And then Peter's tears. So Jesus said this was going to happen. Has that ever happened? Maybe even your own parents, your parents one day told you something. Say, you know, don't, don't do that. This is what's going to happen. And then, and then you did it anyways, and you had to finally come back and be like, yeah, so I did this and that. You know, what you said kind of worked. Did anybody ever have to tell that to their parents? Yeah, yeah, I had to. I had to do that too. Apparently, growing up, I was driving around, apparently locking up the, the tires on the ice, you will slide off the road and hit a stop sign. So that's apparently, that's what happens. So don't do that, but that's okay. I don't do that anymore. Um, so good news for broken people. Jesus treated Peter in a specific way. He never criticized him. He never gave up on him. And God can take us where we are broken and make us stronger than we were before. Because remember, what I think is important, Peter did much more for the gospel and for telling the good news of Christ after he, he was restored by Christ, after he denied him three times than he ever did before. So in life, I, I see too many people come to my office that are just, they think God can't do anything with them, when it's simply not true. No matter where you're at in life, God, God wants you. He's going to use you. He's got a, a place here. He's, he, your, your vocation right now, we talk about as a student right now, and God's going to use you to do that, but he's also using you in, in the community here at Concordia. So whom does this story apply to? Who does this resonate with? Well, it resonates with everyone. Anyone being tempted by, who feels they are being pulled away from the Lord. And that's all of us. No one in here is without sin, even though we have some really good people in here. Even though some of you may believe that Professor Conrad Hack is without sin some days. I mean, he, he really, I mean, there's not much, many better guys than him. But even him, he is, he is sinful. And this story is all for those who have fallen. We cannot earn the free gift of salvation. No matter what the world tells you, you can't earn God's love. He, he loves you. Uh, it's not conditional love. He loves you no matter what you, you have done. He can't love you any more or any less. It's not like a conditional friend on Facebook. And these are a story, this story is for those who are coming back to God. No story in the Bible gives us more hope. Truly, Peter truly found out that Christ is his refuge in his life when things were going out of control. And that's our theme this year, talking about refuge. And we'll talk about how God is our refuge. And look at what happened to me. What I think is amazing is the only way this story really gets in the, the Bible is if Peter tells people. Because he could have been like, yeah, you know, well, things turned out pretty good, I guess. You know what I mean? But no, he, he, he was the one that told people. I, uh, John would have been there too, but Peter was the one that told what all happened. And if Christ can bring, back, can bring back Peter, can restore him, he can do the same for you. Because again, we don't enter our salvation. It's a free gift of God. The Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts, which is such, it's so amazing. And we get an opportunity here at Concordia to tell others about it point others to Christ. So I hope you don't ever, don't ever uh, take, neglect that opportunity here at Concordia. And one of the things uh, as we think about, you know, if, if today as we're talking about things, if something has kind of twitched in you, where you've said, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about this. I'd like to be a little bit more involved. I'd like to do uh, a little bit more here. I want you to encourage to feed that hunger and there's going to be some ways after chapel ends today that you, you'll learn about that, that you can get involved with Abbey West and join a small group Bible study. You can uh, go on a, a, a mission trip. You can, you can be involved with, with different things here on campus. So I encourage every one of you to, to do that, to be bold for Christ.
That's what, you're, that's what God has called you to do, to be bold. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for sharing your free gift of salvation with all people who believe in Christ as their Savior. Lord, we thank you that we cannot earn it, but you have freely loved us and give us a refuge in life when we fall. You have defeated sin, death, and the devil through Christ, and we ask that you help us to be able to share that good news with other people. Please be with everyone this weekend and keep them safe as if some of them are traveling. In your holy name we pray. Amen.